0: welcome to the ugly podcast i'm lauren and i'm emerson and we're trying really hard not to try so hard come hang out with us as we talk about our passion for creativity authenticity and heart centered entrepreneurship did i say that right yep definitely is hard too like I know we talked about how ending it is hard but starting it is like well that's a great
1: great (laughs) point we should just have like one sentence we use at the beginning and the end to just like have something (laughs) we're always like we're recording now (laughs) I don't
0: know how else to do it
1: I don't know if there's any other way
0: (laughs) (laughs) hello and welcome this is the ugly podcast I am Lauren Alexander. My pronouns are she, her.
1: And I am Emerson Lee. My pronouns are they, them.
0: And we're talking about ugly things, specifically about authenticity. Um, I think authenticity can often be pretty ugly. Yeah.
1: And um, I in the authenticity midst of it. should be ugly in the sense that it shouldn't be refined and polished. That You should just be who you are and what you are. So it almost, inherently speaking, is ugly, but in a beautiful way.
0: Exactly. So I wanted to talk first about what comes to mind when you think of authenticity off the bat. I feel
1: like it's a sense of alignment. Authenticity is most apparent to me when I'm not being authentic, when there's that sense of not being aligned, not being your true self, holding yourself back. And I feel like at this point in my life, I'm authentic so much of the time that I don't experience any of that. So it's almost like I don't think about authenticity because I'm just doing it. But in the moments when I do feel that pull back, that's when it's very apparent.
0: Yeah. And I was I was just thinking about how, well, actually, I wasn't thinking about it. I had an appointment with my therapist yesterday and <laughs> experienced it. Um, this happens so many times with her where we'll be kind of talking about a situation where I just felt unsettled or like frustrated by. And eight times out of 10, it's, oh, you weren't being authentic in that moment. And that made you uncomfortable. Or that person you're talking about wasn't being authentic with you. And that made you uncomfortable. Like, so (laughs) often it is centered, my issues in my mental health are centered around authenticity.
1: (laughs) It's, It's surprising we don't talk about it more because it's huge. And I mean, we could go down a whole rabbit hole of mental health and authenticity, but I was desperately, desperately mentally ill until I got to a place of authenticity in my life. And I have been thriving since then. And I think that's something that's true, especially if you're trans or queer, or if you're just growing up in an environment that's restrictive. There's a huge component of mental wellness that comes from being authentic and being safe to be authentic.
0: Absolutely. I was just talking to my sister-in-law the other day about this. She was asking me how my depression has been. And I thought about it and I, it's actually been Really good the past year. Ever since I've been kind of unpacking this creativity, it's kind of unleashed this authentic side to me that I have been repressing for years. Um, And that was the same thing of when I first started going to therapy in the first place that started unpacking that emotional repression and being able to be authentic emotionally.
1: Yeah, it does huge damage when you're not able to be for whatever Mm -hmm. reason, often external forces mm-hmm that's awesome that this past year has been like that for you yeah it's been really good I feel the same way with my business especially like I feel like I've been able to be authentic and be myself and my mental and physical health has never been better mm-hmm it's cool also yeah, yeah means that capitalism was crushing our souls <laughs> that's a <whole> other thing.
0: <laughs> capitalism is the next episode Emerson <laughs> no I'm kidding we're never talking about that so it's very clear that authenticity is very important to both of us is no surprise I feel like we integrate that into our friendship a lot and that was really one of the things that drew me to you when we first met over 10 years ago was that you were on this path towards authenticity and you were very open about getting help from a therapist and as a very depressed anxious teenager um that was really enticing to me. I think there was something in me that was like, oh, that person is on a journey that I desperately need to go on.
1: (laughs) I've heard that from multiple people from that time in my life. And it's so fascinating to me, like almost word for word, someone else, one of our other friends told me that, of like, I saw that you were on a journey. (laughs) And it's, it's so interesting, especially, I mean, you know, but for the sake of people who don't know, I can say like, Especially that time you're talking about where we were freshmen in college and I was starting therapy. I was, I had a different name, a different gender, a different religion, a different almost everything. And it was literally like the first small step I took into authenticity. And it's so fascinating to me that you were there to witness that and then to join me in that. Yeah. That's insane. (laughs) (laughs) Now, over 10 years later, we have a podcast about it.
0: We do. That's what I appreciate about our friendship. I love it. So, before you started your own business, how was how are you feeling in the authenticity department in your old job and your in your life? What were you doing before you started your business?
1: I feel like I have a really interesting experience with that because I was working in memory care. I worked in two different memory care communities and I was not out whatsoever. I went by she her and that was exclusively because of the administration. Like I I would never expect it from residents, never like would tell them my pronouns, that's fine. But it was very explicitly for me, like I did not come out to them because I did not feel safe with them. Um, and I maybe here or there when I had built enough trust with a coworker would tell them, but it just felt like I was doing the most authentic thing I'd ever done in a career. Like I was doing what I wanted to be doing but I had to check myself at the door and only bring a small part of myself. And that wasn't necessary. I know that I can do that work and also bring my full self and that my work is better for it. So looking back, it's I am just grateful that I loved myself enough to get out of that. And that was a deciding factor in leaving. I mean, there were many deciding factors, but it's like, I need to be somewhere I can I can be myself.
0: Yeah, that was the same for me. I was able to show parts of my authentic self in my old job. I was really depressed at the time and that often resulted in me just glaring at brokers that would come to my desk to ask for something.
1: Which is just an authentic expression
0: of your state at the time. (laughs) It's how I felt. (laughs) Other than that, I mean, I had to cover my tattoos. Obviously, once my tattoos got down to my forearm, that got a little more difficult to cover and People gave me slack just because I was good at my job, but I mean, it was definitely something that if I knew we were going into client pitch or whatever, like I would make sure they were covered. And that was even something once I quit and started my own job, I had a hard time letting go of that, even though I love my tattoos <laughs> and wanted to proudly show them. It was it was hard for me to let go of that idea that in order to look professional, I had to cover up these parts of myself.
1: Yeah, Yeah, I really relate to that. As you know, I have purple hair. And I love having purple hair. I have dyed it, I think, five times in my life in the past 10 years. And I wanted desperately to do it when I was working memory care and couldn't bring myself to do it. And then after leaving, it took me another like, it was like six to nine months before I was like, oh, yes, I can absolutely have purple hair and have this practice that's so life affirming and fun. That is something that is actually aligned with it and not opposing to it. And same with you with creativity, you are covered in creativity. So of course, showing your tattoos makes sense. And it's just so funny, it takes us that long to unpack, like, oh, this is actually not just okay, but a benefit to what I'm doing.
0: And also it just, it shows who I am and who I want to work with. Yeah. I mean, not just tattoos in and of themselves, but also just showing my values and stating my values very clearly. I'm a part of the ACES organization, which is an editing association. And I've gotten a lot of work from them, which is surprising because- They're kind of editor's database where people can just kind of go search. There's thousands of people in there. So it's really hard to get your name in front of people. But I state very clearly in that, that my values are I support people of color. I support the LGBTQ plus community. I support communities with disabilities. And I want those stories to be out there and I want to work with you. Um, And I've gotten more inquiries from ACEs than I have anywhere else, which I I mean, someone could correct me if I'm wrong, but I'm pretty sure that's not the norm. So yeah, being able to state your values and show people what you're there for is essential for getting a clientele. Mm -hmm.
1: Yeah. And, you know, authenticity attracts authenticity. And I want people to feel they can be authentic with me. And that's, that's when I made that decision to be authentic myself when I was like, oh, wait, I want them to show up. So I have to show up.
0: Yeah. Which kind of brings me to this question. So when you first started... Did you try to craft some kind of persona as a business owner or how quickly were you able to integrate that authenticity into your work?
1: I had this concept in my head for a while that because I was working with older people that I had to be palatable to any older person, which is so funny because the vast majority of the people I've worked with have been super accepting and have like loved my tattoos and thought my hair was awesome. And so it's It was a like ageist idea of my, on my own part, you know, this ageist, you know, internalization that like older people wouldn't be accepting. But yeah, I had this, I kind of crafted this persona of like, oh, I have brown hair and I don't share my pronouns. I even at one point said, like when I got brave enough to share my pronouns, I said they, them, or she, her. And now I'm like, no, if they slip up, that's okay. But I'm going to state that I use they, them pronouns. I'm not going to give that out. Just for the sake of someone else's comfort, just for getting a client. So, yeah, definitely, there were multiple components to that persona. It's almost like different pieces of a costume that I took off kind of one by one.
0: Yeah, it's definitely a costume for sure. <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> costume of long sleeves to cover tattoos. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what about you? Did you
0: intentionally,
1: consciously have a persona or a subconscious one?
0: I think it was more subconscious. Um, But I definitely was portraying myself as a lot more polished, especially the text for my website and for social media. It was all just very like professional and nice looking for the content that I was publishing. It was very centered around what other editors were doing. So I was kind of just walking along the path of other editors and trying to be like look i too am an editor <laughs> so it was definitely a persona it was really hard to let that go <laughs> and to just start showing more of myself but i mean as i've started to do that it's become very clear that that's what gets more interaction that's what gets more people to want to be invested in you or see what you're doing and that was actually Mostly thanks to you introducing me to Simone Grace Soul mm. of Joyful Marketing, who has this message of sharing yourself, being authentic, um, using your voice into all of your content. And as soon as I started introducing my voice, I was like, oh, this is so much better. Yeah. I feel so much more relaxed, like putting things out there because it's just me. Mm. Yeah.
1: I'm going to let my dog out of the room and then I'm going to continue talking. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Yeah. Something that I was thinking about as you were talking about that is not just getting clients, but the experience with those clients. Something that I found in my practice is that one of the ways I quantify my success, like right now I'm not very financially successful, but I feel successful in a lot of other ways. And one of them is the depth and authenticity of the relationships I've been forming that I feel like I've really deeply connected with so so many people, not not necessarily clients, but you know colleagues and elders that I, I'm just friends with, and just people that I've encountered on this journey. And if I were not being my full self with them, it would be just like in memory care where I just feel like I'm checking myself at the door and I'm not really giving myself to them or getting to experience them. And I can't even imagine what this would be like without that depth with them.
0: And it's, I've had that experience with people I've worked with in the past where it was just surface level and it felt just stale. And it was like, okay, I might as well have stayed in brokerage if this is what's gonna, what it's going to be like. And so that kind of realization, I think, of being like, okay, I now have the power to change this dynamic and to have these authentic interactions with people. And I need to figure out how to harness that. Otherwise, what's the point of owning your own business? Yeah.
1: One, um, we both talk a lot about how we're introverts. And I think a lot of what drained us in those other settings was the inauthenticity more than anything. I think that being our authentic selves is much more energizing and gives energy and power to our businesses.
0: Absolutely. I was talking when I was talking to my therapist yesterday, I started talking about ugly art and stuff. And she was like, oh, my gosh, you just came alive while you were talking about that. I was like, thank you. (laughs) But it it really is. It's you start talking about these things that just touch your heart and you come alive. And I would never have talked that excitedly about anything at (laughs) commercial real estate. (laughs) It's not that exciting.
1: (laughs) It'd be an anomaly if you did.
0: (laughs) Can I share an exciting
1: moment that I had that's related to authenticity? Please do. I just got a very organic testimony, just someone just reaching out to thank me for one of my events where someone attended with a client and they reached out to thank me for welcoming their client. And that client was someone who, you know, was louder than someone might expect or said things that you might not expect. And I had very explicitly said, and I'm still working on getting people to understand, like, please bring anybody to this gathering. It's for anybody to show up exactly as they are. And if they're going to talk the whole time, that's fine. You know, just getting that, that text today, thanking me for that. Like it was just such a simple moment of like, I invited people to come authentically and they showed up authentically and I loved it and they loved it and hopefully they will continue to come and more and more people will come. And I just, I just love that.
0: I know who you're talking about, and that was such a wonderful moment of sharing space with people who might not be invited all the time, yeah. and being able to make space for those people is so special. It's so cool that we're talking about this
1: conversation, this topic today because it, it, you know, literally is happening right now. And I just made a post earlier today with that testimony. I asked if I could share it. And one of the things I said in the caption is that we need more spaces where people are not just welcome to come as they are, but they're actively invited. Because I don't think that person would have brought their client if I hadn't said, hey, bring your clients, you know, and that person knows me enough to know that I'd probably be okay with it. But there's so, so many people that aren't going to show up if you don't say like, this is a space that's going to actually welcome you.
0: Mm -hmm. I love this topic. Me too. (laughs) So now that we've had businesses for a year, almost a year in my case, what have you learned about, well, what we've already been talking about this. So what else have you learned about authenticity in entrepreneurship?
1: I think we've covered so much of it, but I always come back to Simone Grace Stoll. Like She has just taught me so much about that. And I was really feeling that earlier today. You know, I hopped on my Instagram story to share about a project I was working on for my grandma and I'm wearing a tank top with my unicorn tattoo showing and my hair is a mess. And I felt comfortable enough to just do that. And I don't care (laughs) if people are like, that's not very professional because I'm not, I'm not here to be professional. Like I am a professional. I am committed to professionalism in the regards of confidentiality and continuing education, all of those things. But as far as the like, quote unquote, professionalism, I just no longer feel like I have to do that. And that's very liberating and helps accelerate my business. Because I'm not holding myself back.
0: I'm still, um still working on that <laughs> part. I think it's hard in your field? Yeah. And I just, I'm also somebody that has a really hard time posting pictures of myself anyway. Like, I don't really do selfies. I've tried to like practice on my own Instagram of like doing it every once in a while, but it's usually like Jordan's in the picture with me or like (laughs) it's me and the dog. It's never just me. And I just feel very, (laughs) I feel so vulnerable just showing like pictures of me online. It just weirds me out. So I'm still getting there. But also the other part of that was not feeling like I could speak like myself and so finding my voice like I mentioned earlier is has been very helpful in that regard and maybe one day my face will be shown
1: (laughs) I used to shape before I went on an Instagram live and I still I'm still getting the feel of reels and stuff like that but yeah I definitely had that same kind of like stage fright of like oh my gosh I don't want to I don't want to put my face out there like there's a comfort of not having your face there, but then I, I like I noticed a lot once I started showing my face, people responded to it, and I can still see like if I post my face, it gets more likes, which is like cool. I'm pretty, but also I think people are just connecting with like seeing a person. So I do think that you will probably tap into that pa- that power at some point, especially like you said, like you're talking to your therapist, you come alive when you talk about the things you care about. And when you do that, when you hop in an Instagram live or do a reel, that's just you being like, oh, my gosh, ugly art's so cool. I feel like that's a very different experience of it.
0: For sure. One of the things that I've learned about authenticity as an entrepreneur, Mm -hmm. my goal is to one day be able to say that word normally.
1: (laughs) That would be less fun. (laughs)
0: Um, Is that a lot of the times it can feel like I'm doing business wrong mm-hmm. because sometimes being authentic is not engaging with your social media if you're feeling down it means it means turning down business that doesn't feel authentic to you i remember the first time i turned down a client um was when some of the contents in the book i felt very uncomfortable with and turning that person down felt so just counter to everything i felt in my body but the thought of working on it felt way too inauthentic and i just knew that i couldn't do it but it felt like i was doing something wrong
1: <laughs> which is funny cuz seeing it from my perspective i remember when that happened i saw it as this big win for you you know it felt like a a very significant moment of empowerment but they feel so bad in the moment.
0: Yeah. Especially with just how you're taught to look at business. Like, I mean, some of the common sayings about like, well, now I can't think of any, but like the customer's always right. Things like that. When you're working in a business and you're trying to work authentically, that's not the case. And so you have to unlearn all those things. And it feels so wrong. <laughs>
1: I saw something recently, one of Simone's posts or emails or something, and she said something about having to go through so much of this journey, you feel vomity. And there's just so many different things that are part of business that just it feels vomity. And I hate those moments, the things like turning down business or putting yourself like your face out there. And, you know, it's just like the price we pay for getting somewhere, but it does not feel good.
0: No, but it's important and it's it's better than the the daily grind of going somewhere where you're miserable every day. Mm, yep, absolutely. Um so what kind of advice would you have for showing up authentically in business and life um to anybody who might struggle with authenticity?
1: I think finding Places and people you can be authentic with is a game changer. It often feels like we have to be entirely authentic all the time or entirely inauthentic all the time. And I feel like in life and in business, just finding those places where you know that person's going to get your pronouns right or think your new tattoo is really cool or listen to you rant about something, I think that it provides a huge psychological relief. And that can empower you for further authenticity.
0: Seconded, I think our Work Buddy Wednesday sessions have definitely empowered me to be more authentic in my business. If I had been trying to do this on my own for the past year, I don't think I would have reached the same conclusions that I have today. Where I'm exploring more of my creativity, I'm exploring putting my own voice out there and being authentic. Authenticity is sometimes hard to... Come by in a vacuum. Like you need those people who support you and see you.
1: Yeah, and it's funny you say that because I feel like we've inspired each other in authenticity almost at the exact same time. There's things that I think you inspired me on, but you say that I inspired you on. Like we were doing it at the same time. Like it's just like like of- the Spider-Man meme. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and they're
0: like pointing at each other. <laughs> we need to put
1: ourselves on that. <laughs> um, yeah, it just like. It's not even necessarily like, it's like therapy. Like you're not sitting there consciously like, oh, this is helping so much and I can totally see the process happening. It's like you look back and you're like, well, how did that even happen? Just being in conversation, being in community can change you in ways you don't even realize.
0: Yeah. My advice for showing up authentically, when I think it's just to take a deep breath before you act. This is something that I've really had to incorporate because I, especially in social situations, I'm more likely to be inauthentic just out of fear, either of conflict or of judgment or, you know, of vulnerability. Even though I love vulnerability so much, it's still really hard to do in certain social situations. I love it in theory. (laughs) Love it in theory. In practice, it sucks.
1: (laughs) I think Brene Brown would agree.
0: (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> but what I have to do is in those moments before I act, take a deep breath in and out and kind of consider is being authentic one, is it am I able to do it safely and then two just do it mm-hmm. if, especially if it's just out of fear I think that breath kind of helps realize like, oh, I'm actually safe and then being able to act authentically if, you're, if you are actually safe, obviously. But yeah, breathing is important.
1: One, I have a perfect example of how you did that for me last week where someone gave me unsolicited feedback on something that felt like it, it was one of those moments like you're saying where the, that authenticity alarm went off where I was like, okay, this person's telling me that I need to be doing things differently, that I'm doing things wrong. Um, and every time I get unsolicited advice, they have not considered that I've already thought about these things and I've already made decisions. So it was like that a moment where like the alarm is going off and I'm like, this is bad. This is terrible. And I remember texting you and you were like, you're safe. Like you're okay. And I think that's the moment you're talking about of that deep breath of like, okay, this is terrifying inside. I feel vomity. I hate it. But also like, I am okay. And I can stand up for myself and be assertive or, you know, step back and like you said that night, know that i'm safe and go watch a game show which is exactly what i did and then wow i felt much better so yeah i have used that advice in a very recent scenario and it helped a lot good i'm glad i think a really fun question for us to ask is something about like what's something authentic we've done that made us really happy and the way i always think of it is like if if people are familiar with the term gender dysphoria There's a lot of focus on, you know, you know, trans people feeling really bad in their genders. But one of our favorite terms is gender euphoria of like, wow, this thing makes me so happy. Like the first time I got a buzz cut, I was like euphoric. And I would rather measure my experience by that than the things that don't feel good. And I feel like there's those I get the exact same feeling, the exact same rush from authenticity euphoria. So I'm curious what moments have felt euphoric for you.
0: Oh, there's been a lot recently because I've been able to be more authentic recently, especially with creativity and ugly art. Definitely one thing that's been really fun has been sharing my ugly art. Um, I started doing reels on Instagram where I kind of show a process of making ugly art in the moment. And it's just really fun and silly for me. And they just happened to get more interaction on instagram that i've ever gotten before so it's very exciting and like oh wow i did this thing authentically and it was me and i'm showing my art and it's silly and dumb and and people like it and it, it feels really good to to have that feeling of this is me and it's accepted and loved i think that's one of the most euphoric things you can experience with authenticity i think another was um when i was doing some writing sessions with Quill and Cup, which I'm going to start joining them shortly. really like them. But just showing up wherever you are in your day, you kind of just touch base with everybody, say what you're working on, and, and then you just sit there and you write with people with your camera on. And that's been really exciting for me. It makes me feel like this is what I'm supposed to be doing. Even if I'm kind of like slugging away and the writing's not flowing very easily, I'm still there with other writers going through the process and it feels very authentic and real and it's just super helpful. What about you? What's an authenticity euphoria moment for
1: you? It's so funny because I know I've had so many, but I can't think of big ones right now. I I think that's because a lot of them have been really small, like when I put my pronouns up on my website. And actually, I just recently reordered business cards and put my pronouns on there. And that felt really good. And just different things I've chosen to do or not do, deciding when something, you know, I'm like, oh, I, I'm not excited about this. So why am I doing it? Because um, my clients deserve someone who's excited about what they're doing. So Yeah, I don't have any big ones. I think part of that too is there's something I'm really passionate about. One of my most authentic expressions in my business, my signature offering, um, which you know about, it's the happy map. That's something I'm still in a stage of having to protect to some degree. Like I can't bring it into companies and things like that because it's vulnerable. Someone could take it. So I feel like I am I am holding myself back in some ways. And I don't have that euphoric moment yet of being able to be like, oh my gosh, here's this thing. Um, and that is a frustration I have right now. So mm-hmm. I'm looking forward to future euphoria.
0: Definitely. Um, as you said that, I just remembered, I thought back a little further back and one euphoric moment for me was being able to change my LinkedIn profile <laughs> picture. It was just like a gray background with me in a black shirt, you know, button up, just very quote unquote professional king. and I hated it so much. <laughs> and the day that I swapped it out for a picture where I'm in a tank top with my tattoos showing and my short hair and it just it felt really good to just show who I am even on a place like LinkedIn you know (laughs) yeah
1: definitely when I feel like you know there's been those things that go around of like you know showing a person completely buttoned up and then the same person with like short sleeves and they have all the tattoos and like anytime I see those I'm like wow that person looks super cool And that's the feeling I get there with you where it's like when you're covered up, it's just like, okay, there's a person. And then you see you authentically. and You're like, oh, my gosh, that's such a cool person. And (laughs) I think other people would see that, too.
0: Thanks. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So what is something ugly you made this week? I
1: was hanging out at home and my partner asked me to get a Sharpie and draw on him. And I did, and it was, it was just like doing ugly art, but it was on a person. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. It was, yeah. So he has a stick and poke on his upper arm that someone did for him years ago. And I basically, so it's like half of a, it's like a triangle. And I basically worked up from it. So I did like a mirror image kind of thing of it, but did something different. And yeah, I just, I initially just did like a rainbow and like sun, and then that wasn't enough. You wanted me to keep drawing. So, and it didn't look very good. So I just kept going and eventually turned it into something that I thought was, you know, kind of ugly and messy. But he was like, I will literally get this tattooed on my body. I love it so much. And it was, it was cute. It was such a perfect example of how like we make something just in the flow, not even thinking and think it's ugly. And then someone else is like, it's a masterpiece.
0: That's very true. And that, that's exactly what my ugly art was this week. Um, I did some watercolors and my intention was to make it ugly I just started blotching things on the page and then as I just kind of kept adding different kinds of splotches different lines um, different dots it just it ended up being this really cute looking pattern and I loved it and it just
1: I loved it too like I was like I would literally buy that (laughs)
0: I, I want it to be like a wallpaper. <laughs> it's so cute. And if anyone's curious, they
1: can go to your Instagram page and they can see it.
0: Yes, it's on there. But it just it just goes to show that ugly art is such an important tool to just get you to the page or get you to whatever you're doing. You You sent me a cartoon earlier today that was like, if you're scared of doing something good, just do it bad.
1: <laughs> Which is like the entire tagline of your business.
0: That's that's it. That is what ugly art is. It's if you have any inclination towards something and you just think like I can't do that cuz I'm not going to be good at it, do it intentionally bad and do it anyway. So that's that was my ugly thing that ended up not being ugly. Yeah.
1: I feel like that's such a theme that we try to make things ugly and then they're not that ugly, which is yeah. I love that. I love that humans try to do things bad or think they're doing things bad and then actually aren't
0: Like when you sent me that, um, when you sent me your wedding invitation and you were like, it's upside down, (laughs) and I got it, and I couldn't tell. (laughs) That's funny. Could not tell. Well, this was a lovely discussion. Yes, it was. I enjoy being authentic with you, and I hope other people um, get inspired to act authentically and find their people who they can be authentic with.
1: I feel like this would be a fun conversation to revisit in like a year or something and see how we've evolved in authenticity and what more authentic things we've done. Yeah. Um, So I am thinking that I also, what I want to plug more than anything is just if people hear these conversations and want to talk about any of these things, like reach out to either one of us. Cause I think that's something like, I don't have something right now where I'm like, Oh my gosh, please go do this you know, event or service of mine, but I do just want to talk to people, especially about topics like these. And so if anything resonates, just reach out to us, which you can find me on makinghappymemories.com. And then Lauren, you can be found.
0: Uh, At scribeandsunshine.com. And yeah, seconded. I, if any of this resonates or if anybody's like, I want more authenticity in my life and I don't know how, you just want to chat. I mean, yeah, reach out. We would love to talk to you.
1: Yeah. And one of the things I didn't touch on earlier, but that recently came up, I, I made a post that was like, in in our work together, I don't want you to hide these things. And it was like a list of all these different things we talked about. And I had someone comment on it who was like, I, I have to hide these things. The world doesn't understand or respect them or whatever. And I, I wished I had put in the caption in our work specifically together, in our one-on-one time, you don't have to feel like you have to go out and be authentic in the world, but in our conversations, I hope you feel like you can. And I, I want anyone who's hearing this to know that too. Like, even if it's something you can't be authentic with to other people, you can reach out to either of us and we can be that person, of like one person in the world, which I find I get a lot with trans and queer people. I've had a lot of people come out to me like years before they come out to anyone else. And I'm like, I will hold that for you.
0: (laughs) Yes, absolutely. I love it. Here we go. Ending the podcast. (laughs) And bye.